This Wicked Chops podcast is brought to you by Amber Gaming, a platform with a plan. Visit www.ambergaming.com. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Turn the music up in the headphones. Tim, you can go and brush your shoulder off, nigga. I got you. Welcome to the Wicked Chops podcast, a very powerful podcast today, as we are joined by Lance Bradley of Bluff Magazine to discuss the power of 20. Lance, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me on. As always, Jay, how are you doing up in Boston today? Uh, well, I woke up. It was below 10 degrees this morning, so I'm still waiting on the weather to change. I'm hopeful. Okay, good. And it's 88 Is that a John Mayer song? I'm sorry? Isn't that a John Mayer song, Waiting on the Weather to Change? <laughs> that, that very well could be. Let's save that for another podcast after some good research. <laughs> so, Lance, how's the, uh, how's the industry reaction been to this year's Power 20? Um, it's funny. The last couple of years, the reaction gets not less and less, but there seems to be less vitriol directed our way um, each year. And I think this year is probably the least we've ever had, which I think is a sign that we're starting to get it right. Yeah, I would say that uh, having, I think I remember the Power 20 back to maybe 2006, the year of that, for whatever reason, that makes no sense, Doyle Brunson was number one. But uh, this year is probably the year that I would say the voters or the committee of voters and yourselves got it most right. I mean, there's still some things that I don't think add up and, you know, maybe some omissions. And we'll go through each one of these people one by one. But uh, it's just a solid list. You guys did a good job this year, or the voters did. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, curating the votes is enough of a hassle as it is, but making sure we get the numbers right is um, even more of a task. Sure. So let's just go ahead and, and dive. Uh, let's dive right into this list now and go through starting at 20. And uh, Matt Savage, who's been on it like a lot. He's been, I know that Daniel and Brian Ballsbell are the only two people that have been on it every year, but Savage is a pretty consistent uh, top 20 guy, isn't he? Yeah, but he's falling every year. Last year he was 19, this year he's 20. Year before, I think he was like 17. So um, yeah, he's been on it the last, I think, five years now, but it seems to be a lower spot every year. Yeah, and it feels like that's a guy that uh, will probably end up falling off by next year. Uh you know, the influence or power, I'm not sure how much a guy like Savage yields. Now, nobody works harder in poker than Matt Savage in the self-promotion of his brand. But, you know, power 20, influential, not so sure he really fits the list anymore. But as you noted, he's kind of downward trending. I think what we've seen over the last couple of years is, I mean, you go back to when uh, Joe Seabock made the list, and that was really all about profile. Yes. And the Savage is a guy who's got a high profile because he's, he puts himself out there a lot, as you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, and I think we're seeing less and less of that influence in the, in the votes. As should be. Uh, and I think a lot of it too, is just a better education of the, of the poker voting block or the poker industry on who actually uh, gets shit done and who doesn't. So number 19, this was one of my, uh, this was one of my bones to pick as far as somebody that just shouldn't have been on the list anymore. And that's Tony G. 
So it, do you feel Lance that a lot of it is just that you got a guy like Tony G that's been on it for so long that he's getting some legacy votes as people are trying to fill out the last few spots on their ballot? Yeah. I think what you see when we send out the ballot, we send a link to last year's and usually the year before. And when people get to the bottom, they tend to revert to last year's list and look for names they might've missed. I think that's where Tony G got a lot of votes from as people realized they got to you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 on their ballot and didn't have a name that was 13th last year. And so they filled in Tony G. Jay, what do you think of the overall media influence and where it should be represented on the power 20? Because really, Tony G's our only media vote, isn't he? Yeah, I mean you know, sort of some inside baseball stuff is that the real, you know, over the last couple of years, the only real power in the um, outside of, you know, the operators was poker strategy, you know, somebody who could really bring players to the sites and they, you know, wielded considerable power in how um, affiliates were run, how, you know, money was distributed, but they got, you know, just hammered over the last, uh, last couple of years and sold themselves for, you know, a very, very small multiple of their earnings just because there wasn't, you know, just not a lot of value seen ahead. Sure. And I think uh, Poker News, you know, is which was a significant, uh, you know, very significant player in the day, just, a, you know, really a fraction of what it was. And from what I hear is not really, almost not even an independent entity anymore. Right. Yeah, that's probably an accurate way to put it. It's a nice political way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we can all agree that we'll, we'll probably not see Tony G on this list again next year. And while he shouldn't have been on it this year, like he really should not have been on it this year, uh, it's probably the last year we'll see him on it. Then, yeah, given uh, his drop, I'd agree. Yeah. Uh, now, number 18, one that I was uh, very, very happy to see. And... Uh, a little bit overdue, but also I think, uh, you know, just from a maybe the industry not quite knowing where his influence is anymore. And that's John Caldwell. Lance, were you surprised to see him uh, emerge on the list this year? A little bit. And it gets back to that profile thing. John, I mean, uh, for as much as he does, and, and we work pretty closely with John because he's in charge of all the pros and, right. and the celebrity side of it. Um, for as much work as he does with poker stars, he really tries pretty hard to keep a low profile. Yeah. Um, at least externally. And so I, th- I think it's a, a good sign for John that he's finally recognized as getting into the top 20. He's been close before, but um, this year he seemed to crack through pretty easily. Okay. Yeah, we should note that he is one of the bigger assholes in poker. Actually, <laughs> John, if you're listening, that was for your benefit. So. Yeah, uh, we should probably note, you know, on the full disclosure, John's a pretty good friend of all of ours. Uh, so then uh, going down, 17. Who do we got at 17? Was that the... Uh, Edgar Stuckley, president of EPT. Right. So yeah, no real, nothing to really argue about that one. I mean, uh, if anything, I've seen, I've seen very few, just like you, Lance, I've seen very few complaints about the list. Uh, a couple of minor nits and this happens, it seems like every year is a lack of European representation, but Hey, we got Ed on there, right? It's funny that that still exists because this year we had more European voters than ever. It's something, I mean, we recognized it years ago that like, look, we weren't asking enough uh, international people to vote for it. So we've made an effort the last three years in particular to expand that. And this year we had more Europeans voting than ever before. What, what's the percentage of European voters? What do you, what do you think it is ballpark? I think it's just under 30%. Okay. That seems, uh, it seems pretty fair and representative. We get a few from Asia and a few from Australia as well, just to try and balance it out as much as possible. Okay. 
Then uh, 16, Freeman. Yeah, CEO of American Gaming Association. Um, you know, a little bit more industry heavy, but uh, certainly a player on the rise, I think. Yeah, definitely a player on the rise. And this is, I would say, of the of the nits that I have on the list is from a legislative perspective, it's really still online poker that's driving the ship. You look at what's happening in California, you look at what's happening in some other states, it's going to probably go poker only as opposed to what New Jersey did with uh, opening it up to all the games. And that being the case, the influence of a guy like Freeman uh, and his lobbying efforts, uh, while maybe not specifically tied to poker, are going to be a little bit more poker heavy, just because that's where the state legislatures are going. Would you agree with that? Jay, do you agree with that? Yeah, that makes sense. And you look at the power of a lobby group where the AGA has real legitimate tenure and backing and influence. And you look, we're going to jump ahead a few spots, but this is, you know, on the knit level on the list where a John Pappas and uh, the PPA are and sure PPA is poker only, but like who in their right mind could really argue that Pappas is a more influential person in the gaming industry or poker industry than Freeman. I just don't, I don't see it. Do you agree? Do you see my perspective, Lance? I know it's your list, so you won't agree, but do you understand the perspective? Yeah, I can certainly understand that. I think Freeman in the last year has really sort of taken over and, and, and developed a bigger profile. Whereas John Pappas has been around a while and he's got some, some staying power. Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've, uh, on Wicked Chops, we've been critical of, the PPA for a while. And I actually think a lot of the stuff that we were critical about with them, they've definitely improved their, their messaging, why things should be legal. I actually helped shape and craft some of the new messaging that, that they've been putting out over the last couple of years. So happy with that. I just, you know, in the case of Pappas, uh, it, it kind of feels like where Joe Seabach had a million Twitter followers, but what did that really mean? He didn't really have a lot of sway or influence over those million uh, and it was almost like an empty hollow million. The PPA has got 1.2 million, however much more, uh, more people, uh, in their database without over 1 million in the database. But do they really make the most of it? I feel like almost nobody does less with more than it's not necessarily piling on Pappas here, but then the PPA does with their numbers. And I just, uh, always felt like they've been higher on the list than they should be. And, uh, and definitely this year, particularly with a contemporary who, uh, can, holds a lot more weight in the industry with Freeman. All right, number 15. And uh, this is the only thing I put on social media that I really disagreed with, but uh, Caesars, Gary Loveman. Yeah, I, you know, CEO of Caesars, two of his uh, reports, I, bet, I guess, is the best way to put them above him on the list. We debated where he belonged on the list because voters seem to be all over the place on it. Okay. Um, so I imagine he got a lot of votes, right? He probably he did. Yeah. And they varied from, you know, three, four, five to 18, 19, 20. So, so uh, I guess the, the most important question is where did Ty Stewart have him on his ballot? Uh, we don't disclose who votes for what. And uh, yeah, we'll leave that for a beer sometime. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just don't think 
for a few reasons. I, I thought Gary Loveman was the first real heavy voter misfire. Part of it, as you brought up, is you've got two people that report to him that are in the top five, uh, number five and, and number two. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, so that doesn't really add up. And then two, it's just where's the influence specifically in poker anymore? It's not really coming from him. Uh, I thought, you know, having him included a couple of years ago, that made sense, but I just don't think it really makes sense anymore or at least this year. And that he was taking the spot of maybe people that have more sway actually within the, within the industry. Uh, also the other point is that does Caesars really deserve three people in the top 20? Uh, that's, you know, a good chunk of the list, you know, poker stars. Yeah. They're the biggest monopoly in poker. It makes sense for them. You know, you could have made the case that there could be 10 people from poker or four people actually on poker stars are on the list. Uh, so I take that back, but, uh, does Caesars really weren't having three people? Jay, do you think that Caesars should have three people on the list? Like they're that influential in poker. I think there's, if I can just address a sort of a broader question for this sure. and maybe Lance, you can, you can pipe into this, but you know, for my days at full tilt, you know, some of the people that I would have said as being the most influential, you know, very influential in, in the industry, they have not been people that were on the, you know, on the list. So sure. like, you know, you're the CMO or somebody like that is, you know, got a vast budget at his disposal, but you know, the, and, you know, it's in, you know, very influential in, in like how poker is seen throughout the world, you know, and how the, you know, televised events are going to be played, what tournaments are going to be played and every, things that affect players up and down the ladder, um, you know, but where, but, but, you know, it's hard to include them because they're not very, pu you know, public um, personalities in this, you know, so, yeah. so how do you, how do you balance that, Lance? I mean, for somebody who, you know, it, when you're doing this. Yeah, I mean, Lovin is like one of the interesting ones that we we deal with every year because the the votes are so polarized. They're like I said, they're either top heavy or bottom heavy, and it really comes down to like like you said, does what does Lovin really do for poker? And the answer is he just happens to be in charge of the company that's in charge of the World Series of Poker. I, I would bet that Lovin's day to day operations and his day to day duties don't involve much in terms of working directly with Ty on improving the World Series of Poker, and it doesn't involve working with Mitch on making WorldSeriesOfPoker.com better. Uh, those guys are left for their own charges to do that, and I think Loveman's impact on poker is fading, and I think, I mean, last year he was seventh on this list. This year he's 15, so it's not, I, I think Gary's a guy that probably doesn't end up on this list come next year. I mean, no, the, guy's, the guy's sitting on a company with $24 billion in debt, you know, he's got like, he's, he's got his hands full. I mean, like, you know. He's got other things to worry about then. Yeah. Numbers in the main event, yes. Right. And then, uh, Lance, actually, this is good. Jay, you were talking about, uh, you know, people within Full Tilt that uh, it probably should have been better represented on the list. Uh, I'm assuming you're referring to yourself, Jay. <laughs> and that uh, we're at number 15, which was once occupied by the head of Full Tilt, Ray Batar, who... Once had an issue with this, Lance. One of my favorite stories of the Power 20 all time. This wasn't long after I took over, actually, um, the, the process from uh, Matt Parvis, who's with Poker News now. Um, we started voting for just individuals, and we reached out to everybody, made sure Full Tilt had their votes in, Ray being one of the voters. Then the list came out, and like you said, he showed up at 15, and the day it came out, he sent me and a few others here this ranting email 
And it was like, we're talking all caps, full venom, um, about how hard he's worked to maintain sort of a low profile in the industry, doesn't appreciate being put in the industry, doesn't want you know, attention drawn to his name. And then the very last paragraph was properly, you know, wasn't in all caps, it had proper grammar and punctuation, and he wanted to know why he wasn't higher on the list. <laughs> and it, it just streaks to the, the narcissism that, that we've since learned was pretty common with Ray. Uh, that's great. The other the other funny part about that rant is that was 2011 when Howard Letterer graced the cover. He was number one and basically had his testicles dangling out of his pants on the cover, <laughs> taunting the United States government. Like, look at me, I'm number one. Uh, so yeah, all the he wanted his anonymity, but you got yeah, you got Letterer number one front and center on the cover. Oh, Ray Batar. Uh, that's another. Uh, we just got a Jay. That's just another podcast one day. The Ray Batar podcast. Ray, yeah, like maybe with like at the Ray Batar podcast that we do, like with a bottle of gin or something. You know, <laughs> just like drink and talk about it. Okay. Uh that's it's such a good story though. And Lance, you gotta probably get a lot of that, right? Where there's uh people that show their, I guess, appreciation maybe to you for being on the list, but also make a comment about that they're not high enough. I imagine you gotta get that a lot. Well, the fun part for me is the day ballots go out um, because then we see people who begin the campaigning process yes. and they're not public about it. They're emailing people that they think have ballots, um, explaining why they have influence and maybe they should vote for them. And then we've got people that actually trade places on their ballot with somebody else. So yes. it's pretty apparent when the ballots come in and person A has person B at 15 and person B has person A at 15 that they basically just decided to swap votes in hopes of landing on the list. Right. Uh, but yeah, once the list comes out, we hear from one or two people a year like, hey, how come I'm not on the list? Or how come I'm not higher? But that is what it is. The list will never be perfect in anybody's eyes. Uh, but we think we're pretty close to perfect and good enough for causing some debate and discussion. Yeah. yeah. And again, like, I think this is probably about as close to spot on as the list has been. And, and you know, the, the, the nits that I would have on it are not uh, like they would have been in years past for sure. Okay, so uh, 14, moving on. Adam Pliska, long overdue on the list, had a World Poker Tour, probably should have been on it over Steve Heller in previous years, was really the guy doing the stuff and now just properly represented. I guess as everybody realized, well, with one, Heller out of the way, and two, I think more recognition that uh, Pliska was the guy actually doing the stuff. He, he finally made it on. Uh, John Pappas, we talked about PPA, argue if he should, I, I'll, I'll concede maybe, you know, putting him on the list, definitely not that high. Uh, Brian Balsba, Poker Royalty, made it again. This would make, how many years now has Bluff done this? Eight, nine? This is the ninth year. He's been on it every year with the exception of one year where his company, Poker Royalty, was on the list. So right. technically every year he's been on the list. That's right. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, can't really, uh, can't really argue that and wouldn't argue that. So, let me let me ask a question though, since uh, you know he's sure. your he's your boy there, Chops. And yeah, um, so I'm I'm reading the profile of him. So I'm I'm just what is it, what has Poker Royalty done in the last? You know, it's been a tough time since you know since Black Friday. So what has Poker Royalty done to advance poker over the last? You know, what have been their accomplishments over the last year or so? You mean other than make the players money that desperately need money right now besides that where's it coming where's it coming from i'm not, i mean and this is not i'm not trying to challenge i'm just this is actually oh, sure. for edification no, no, yeah. uh, no i understand what i understand what you're coming from i think a lot of 
Because a lot of this, uh, Lance, you know, when you look at the ballot, it's positive influence, correct? Yes. It's like why Sheldon Adelson didn't make it, which I might, if you're okay with it, Lance, I'm going to post some excerpts from my bluff column on Adelson like today or tomorrow. Sure. Yeah. Uh, strong column. But anyway, like a reason why Sheldon Adelson didn't make the list this year, um, probably receiving enough votes, but he's just not a positive influence. So you look at uh, a Brian Balsba and Poker Royalty, it, I'd say, I'd argue it's a very positive influence. There, it, It's a tough time to be a professional poker player right now. Mm. And there's not a lot of money to be had. They're out there beating down the doors to find these guys money. Obviously, it's good for their business too. But, uh, you know, be it from the speaking engagements that still exist, be it from the limited sponsorship opportunities, but still sponsorship opportunities that exist, and just other business opportunities, the licensing side, uh, you know, things that have traditionally exist uh, within the poker industry over the last 10 years, they're helping a bunch of guys that probably would not be making money if they were represented by the Randy Caspers and other people of the world, helping them keep afloat. Mm. And I think that's a positive influence on why they should be. The other thing about the list, and I'm kind of seeing a little bit more of it, is one of the reasons why like seeing a John Caldwell on the list is, is a good thing, is uh, just like good people. Like We don't have an industry of a lot of uh, people with high moral constitution. So getting people on the list that are actually just good dudes, I think is a good thing too. I don't know if that answers your question, Jay, sufficiently. Yeah. That's well, if he if he's getting people, you know, getting people paid still, it's just uh, you know, it's it's much less higher profile, I guess, these days. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's different. Bits. Obviously, with you know, it's not the the gold rush years or the you know even right before Black Friday years where you had uh, the arms race with stars and tilt into a lesser degree UB. But, uh, you know, there's still people out there paying money. And, you know, I, I have to say really over the last year in particular, I've seen a lot of more interest and non-traditional interest in spending money within poker. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to always be at the center of the hub of it because people are always going to want uh, association with the with the famous faces and they've got them all. Cool. Yeah. And they're even doing, you know, they're, they're also doing a really good job with getting deals for maybe guys of uh, not as high of a profile as a Negrano or a Helmet. You look at like the Dan O'Briens of the world who you know hard work and good guys, but uh, maybe not quite at that level too. Somerville, guys like that. So uh, down to number 11, a name, uh, Tom Breitling. Ultimate Gaming makes sense. He pretty much takes the Fertitta spot, correct, Lance? Yeah, they were, they'd been on the list the last two years, but this year they went with, voters went with the guy who's basically got day-to-day -day control there. Yeah, and that you know makes sense. Feels like the right spot. Can't really uh, can't really shoot any hole in that one. The uh, jumping in now to the top ten. Uh, let's let's see. Number ten, AJ Burnett. He's been on it the last couple of years. The Nevada State Gaming Control Board guy, chairman. Yep. Uh, Seems yeah, like there sort of has to be a spot for him on the list. Yeah, it's just kind of like whoever's going to have that role is going to probably be on, on the list for a little while. Even though, you know, necessarily what's his influence with poker day-to-day -day now that we're legal in Nevada, uh, you know, probably not as important as he was a year ago. What, what did he rank last year? 10, same spot. Same spot? Okay, so let's just, let, let's just hold 10 for him from here on out <laughs> for that spot. That's Makes it, it easy on me. That's the, uh, that's the honorary Nevada State Gaming Control Board spot. Number nine, uh, new guy on the list, Brian Mattingly, CEO of 888. Uh, I guess 
it's kind of hard to argue with this one too. Yeah, I mean, they've got their feet in all three states. They're ready in California, apparently. So um, quietly, internationally growing business as well. So it's not just about U.S. influence. They're, they're growing internationally, and, and he's been the guy at the helm of it for a while now. Okay. Number eight, Raymond Lesniak, the New Jersey senator that's been uh, pretty instrumental. I would imagine this would probably be his last year on the list, would you think? Yeah, unless something happens with – uh, state compacts that he's driving or international compacts that he's driving. This is probably the last time we'll see him on the list. Here's one that uh, number seven that uh, absolutely should have been on the list. And uh, I think a few of us that had worked on our ballads and conversed on where we were putting people all without even having to debate about it all had independently put him up high. But I was actually really surprised to see the rest of the industry put him up this high. And that was Jeffrey Haas. Uh, yeah, I mean, he jumps over to party poker from working at the Stars Group for a while. Uh, but when it comes to poker and B-Win Party, particularly in the United States, it's all about Jeffrey. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, you look at their success, at least in uh, New Jersey, and then, you know, also, in a way, the, the footprint that they're going to potentially have, I guess, with the World Poker Tour as well, um, makes a lot of sense. And he's, as you put it, he's uh, he's party poker in the U.S., and... Uh, yeah, I think he's pretty, uh, I think that number seven spot feels about right for him. Number six, how much debate, because this is, uh, you know, definitely one of the, probably the most high profile name, but number six, Daniel Negreanu. Uh, is there a lot of debate from being higher or lower on the list? It, or just a lot of debate on his presence in general? Not really. I mean, I'd be, I'd love to hear the argument for why he shouldn't be on the list in particular, why he shouldn't be a top 10 guy. Yeah. I'd have a hard time believing it. Uh, I think six is probably the right spot for him, uh, maybe five at the most. But um, six is where he was last year. It's where he ended up this year. I mean, there's no player in the game that has as much profile as Daniel and as much sway with people that matter. Yeah, is there it, another player who was close to the top 20? This year? No, not so much. Uh, last year, Antonio made it at 20. That's right. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and there wasn't even like a near, a near miss? From the nope, player. not this year. Yeah. It was it was Daniel and that was it. Yeah, and that feels about right. It 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 definitely seems like the last two years that Daniel has just been pulling away almost uh like by a secretariat type dash away from the field. Uh in his profile. Why why uh Jay, why do you think that is? Yeah, well, he's got a you know, he he's got a strong voice, he's got strong opinions, he's able to state them coherently. He doesn't, you know, it doesn't require, you know, a media, you know, a media department to get his voice out like it would for like any of the people who, you know, like a Phil Ivy or something who's, right. you know, whose appearances in the news have, you know, been about was he defrauding a casino or was it sort of legitimate gaming of it? Um, right. You know, the, so who else, you know, like who else has got the, you know, in Hellmuth? It's like maybe we've gotten a little tired of that, you know, the of, of that shtick. Yeah, it's, I, I don't like who else is there? Who else, you know, like the other in the other players, like, you know, Howard Letterer. Does anybody want to see him? You know, <laughs> like, right? Exactly. And uh, yeah, and to the point that uh, I was making about B balls about Brian Bosba earlier, uh, and not to make a reigning indictment on poker players because it's not necessarily the case, but 
like Daniel's doing stuff the right way. I think, you know, we've seen over the last year or two, it's a guy that's made a really concerted effort to, uh, you know, improve his life, uh, you know, be a better person. And uh, if you're just looking for positive within poker, he's a pretty, he's about as good an example as you're going to get on the player side, you know, doing things honestly, uh, not screwing people over, managing his, his life and money better than probably most. So it makes sense. Makes sense that he's pulling away. Sure. Top five, top five time. Uh, a constant present on the list, I guess, at least since Pollock left. I can't remember if he was on before Pollock, but the head of the World Series of Poker, Ty Stewart. No yeah, I mean, Pollock was, was the guy that, that role that ended up on this list before. I don't know if Ty was on it. I think he might have made like lower end of the list, but he's been top five for years now. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of it's like put him anywhere between three to five. I'd probably never move him below five. You're head of the World Series of Poker, which is the brand. Uh, you just by default you're going to be up there. But uh, yeah, I mean the only thing about Ty is that he probably should have been on the list uh, in place of Pollock in the years before, uh, as he's really the guy doing all the stuff. But uh, yeah, the, the WSOP is still chugging along better than ever, and I uh, can't really can't really say anything against that. Uh, number four, uh, not on the list of first timer, first timer David Rebuck. Yes, tell us about uh, him and and how people even knew to put him on. Oh, I think he's he's had a bit of a, a high profile these last six months as New Jersey's really ramped up and gotten ready. Um, Director of D Division of Gaming Enforcement, New Jersey, highest ranking debut I think we've ever had. Okay, uh, which isn't surprising. I mean, top five for anybody that's making the list the first time is impressive. Sure. Uh, last year, New Jersey sort of had the only real representation from Chris Christie. Right. Uh, this year, it's it's Reebok and, and Lesniak. Um, if if Reebok and, and New Jersey want to expand, it's going to be Reebok that uh, sort of does the sales pitching a little bit and and helps out there. So it, it's a big role for David Reebok. I don't know okay. if he'll be four next year though. Yeah, it doesn't seem. It seems like, uh, and if he, if he's even on it, I, I think a lot of it might have to do with what other states pass, and if he's the guy that's spearheading compacts with those states. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, that's I think a, a perfect uh, analysis for sure. Okay, uh, number three, Lance, help me out with this. My favorite name in poker, Norbert Tufelberger, Tufel. B, B win party. And uh, his profile picture looks kind of like a Norbert Tufelberger. Uh, he looks like a bad guy in a, a Ray Fiennes movie. <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, a matter of fact, I think that was the lead bad guy in Diet Hard 2. Um, yeah, it just kind of looks like that Looks like that guy. But again, I mean, CEO of B-Win Party, number three, can't really argue with that. Yeah, had a big hand in getting them the Devils and 76ers deal in New Jersey, so... Um, he, they've got a pretty good idea of what they're doing and he's the guy pushing it. Not speaking of big hands. Number two is Mitch Garber, the, uh, CEO of Caesars interactive and the WSOP online brand. Uh, is this is his highest spot, correct? Uh, he was two last year as well. He was two last year. Okay. But I'm just happy we spelled his name right. Why did you not get it right before? Yeah. I think in 2010, we spelled it Garber and Gerber. He wasn't overly happy about that. I felt yeah, bad. That's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, and that was in the print? Yeah. Oh, tough. Uh, but yeah, I can't really... Uh, I don't know. Was he coming in at number one on a lot of ballots? He was, yeah. I mean, the last year's ballot was basically 
uh, one of three things at the top for pretty much across the board. It was either uh, Isai Scheinberg with Mark Scheinberg at number two, uh, Isai and Mark Scheinberg at number one together, or uh, just Isai Scheinberg, and we ended up just combining them. Right. Um, this year, though, it seemed like a few people have put Mitch at number one above the Scheinbergs, um, just simply because of their they're now live in the United States and, and right. building, I guess. And then uh, number one, uh, talking about the Scheinbergs, Mark Scheinberg, was it even close? Um, closer than I would thought it would have been, but what surprised me the most was the lack of ballots that Isai Scheinberg got. Okay. Um, Mark Scheinberg seems to have taken the profile over, at least in voters' eyes, whether or not they were told to vote that way or not, I don't know. But um, Isai didn't get a lot of votes. It seemed it was either Mark or Mitch at, at number one. Yeah, yeah. Jay, what were you going to say? No, no, just as it, as it should be. Yeah, the, uh, the Isai thing was... I would have been really surprised had Isai wanted to be on this list this year, given some of the reasons why they were kept out of New Jersey and maybe kept out of other states. It might be time, uh, I would hope internally, that Poker, if PokerStars wants to have a strong presence in the United States, it might be time for Isai to get the fuck out of any public recognition of influence within the company. And uh, so that would make sense to have Mark take over. From what I understand, though, Mark is uh, very legitimately asserting his uh, presence as uh, as the top guy there. So it's not like that's necessarily completely inaccurate, just that not like Eastside's completely disappeared either. All right. Well, solid list. Let's before uh, before we wrap it up, uh, let's talk about some misses and uh, maybe who. I don't want to necessarily want to say snubs, but people that at least could have taken the uh, Loveman and Tony G spots. And Lance, I actually think you kind of nailed it with your, uh, I forgot how you described it, but the risers or ones to watch, what, how did you call it? Yeah, the risers basically, which was uh, two people in particular that um, came from basically nowhere to be in contention this year. They were both top 30, I think, 31, I think. Uh, and that was uh, Jen Mastered from Heartland Poker Tour and Winford Yu from the Macau Games. Right. And and I, I can't remember my ballot or, you know, our, our ballots, but I think they both were on there in place of those two guys. And if I if I was, again, to like somebody were just say who should have been on the list in place of those two people you said should, have, should not have been, it's actually those two. So it, it feels like that's a pretty good representation of a of a it's a nice way to to call out the snub i guess is is the way that you did it. i don't know if that was your intention but it, it's uh it completely would uh you know argue that those would have been the two that should have been next on yeah i mean if you look at what i mean I, in my opinion if heartland poker tour maintains what they've done in the last year over the next year there's no way that jen can't be on the list next year right and uh, it's not about growth just maintain what they already have they've done an amazing job these last two and a half, three years really of building into what they are now, which is sort of the top level triple um, A circuit, I guess is the fair way to put it. Yeah. It's the, I mean, it's definitely the, the premiere of the mid state circuit by a long, long ways. Uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with uh, uh, I think some of the expansion into California and, and the TV stuff. It's just, you know, they're, they're the number one of that. I guess that's a good way for you to put it. Yes. And then, uh, and what about Winford? Do you think that he would still have continued influence or what would he need to do to show up next year? Some more of the same type answer? I don't know. I mean, the, the games can't possibly run any bigger in Macau. Um, 
I know he's involved in making sure that there's big tournaments there that attract some players and, and whatnot. But I think, you know, if he gets the bubble next year or 2019, maybe, I think that's a, a good place for him. But I don't know what else he could do to really to get much higher up the list much further. Yeah, maybe if he got uh, maybe if he raised the stakes by bringing in diplomats and world leaders and we we're actually <laughs> playing for countries. That sounds like a bad James Bond script. It'd be an awesome James Bond script. Matter so, of fact, let, let me ask a question of you, of you too. So, you, we have David Reebok at number four this year, who wasn't on the list last year. So, if if we were to look into the future, who would you expect to see, or like what kind of person would you expect to see make a you know a, a splash, a debut, pretty high up the list for two thousand fourteen? Uh, for me, it's anybody who gets anything done in California. Yeah, that's my answer too. Absolutely. Whoever, whoever, and I was trying to figure that out for my ballot this year. Uh, I was looking at it and, okay, who's the guy in California? And I don't know who that guy really is or if that person's emerged yet. Yeah, um, I don't think you were alone in struggling with trying to find somebody from California because they weren't represented on very many ballots at all. But yeah. certainly if anybody gets anything done, they're going to end up on this list next year. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's that's probably the guy who comes in at the top five spot. Also, look out for Florida. Um, I would look out for if uh, you know the Seminoles or the Hard Rock get involved, especially given the profile of that Hard Rock brand within poker. Um, and if... I think this is probably more of a two years down the road, but uh, you know, you make the same argument for California. You'd make the same argument for a New York too. Uh, and you know, who ends up taking the conch on that one, but that, that would be the, that would be the uh, top five or top seven type debut person for sure. Right All right. Well, Lance, uh, really, really good job. This is uh as you noted, I imagine there is the least amount of complaints that you've ever seen on this. And it's just, it feels like a good solid list. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty happy with it. It's obviously never going to be perfect as I said before, but we're pretty happy with this list. And then, uh, and to close, who's the, uh, one person that put himself highest on the list that had no business being there. <laughs> I'm not even going to get there. I'm not <laughs> going to go over it again. If, if, you, if you get me a beer at the hooker bar during the WSOP this year, maybe we can talk about it. <laughs> Nothing on tape. Uh, that person probably doesn't get a ballot next year, so you'll know who you are. Uh, that's that's actually what I wrote my uh, editor's letter about in this issue was um, people that try to game the system and just how I get this email the next year like, hey, man, my ballot didn't show up. Maybe you forgot to send it or something. And, uh, yeah, maybe that's what happened. <laughs> that's great. Uh, okay, well, uh, Lance, I know you've had a busy week and you got more stuff to get to, so thanks for the time. And check out the Bluff Power 20 on bluff.com and in the magazine, which will drop when? Uh, this week. This week it hits the newsstand. So uh, look for it then. And uh, I guess, Jay, part two of the podcast coming up. Very good. All righty.